Hello all, this is Patrick from Foreign Football Forecast, and I'm here with my friend Harris. Hey, Patrick. Let's, let's go on. What's happening today? Uh, it's doing great. You know, as we're all staying at home right now, enjoying our confinement time in Arizona. It's beautiful weather. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to get back on, uh, on talking about football with you. It's been a while since we did this, so I'm very, very excited. And I brought Ben, who's here with me today. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to talk about, you know, the, the news about the coronavirus, how that is affecting the soccer leagues in the world. I mean, this is affecting everyone else, right? So it's something unprecedented, but we've never seen in our life. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see the impact on our life and also on all the entertainment, the, the big leagues that we used to watch you know, during this time as we're coming to the, the final stretch of the season. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how that affecting uh, all the big championship and what's going to happen in the future, right? It's It's been serious. It's, it's something that's led us, Harris and I, out of retirement and brought today our friend Ben in order to discuss everything that's that's been going on. You know, today we're looking at... Uh, a Sunday afternoon and what typically would have been watching football and enjoying a couple different matches and analyzing everything that's been happened has been replaced by a time of, of reflection and consideration and it's been a very interesting time. It's it's yeah. been something that's led us to to kind of reflect and, and think about all the all the consequences of what the game means to both of us, really to all of us, and, and to how we can kind of proceed from there. I agree. Just as you said, you know, that's true. This is uh, an unfortunate event that is happening to the world. But at the same time, it also presents an opportunity, right, for reflection, for understanding how we all really connect in the world, right? So uh, this is a global, global impact, and it's been defined as a, or proclaimed as a pandemic by the WHO, the World Health Organization. So we can tell that we're all affected by it, and it also uh, reminds us how we're all connected and how we need to work together as a team, which is what sports is all about, right? And for us, specifically in this condition, it brings us back to, uh, to talk about soccer, which is a sport that we love dearly, and... Uh, also to discuss what's going on with, with the players, right? How they're affected by it, what they're doing right now, and uh, you know, and what's going to happen in the future. Because a lot of events are affected by it. You know, we don't know if the Euro's going to... I mean, the Euro has already been moved. So it's not staying in anymore. Copa America has been moved as well. So we don't know how it's going to play for next season, right? So uh, it's, it's interesting to see. Now... From y'all's perspective, what do you think as far as you look at, you know, Euro's been postponed and Copa's been postponed. Would you postpone the Champions League with everything that's happened? Or, or how would you guys approach that? I'm I'm trying to think about that as a fan and I'm wondering, would I resume the leagues? Would I? Because you look at how everything's been affected and, you know, the first and, and primary focus is the health of of the players, the health of the individual and, and everybody. So I do wonder, do you go straight into, you know, an elimination round or, or how, how would you really kind of proceed with that? It's, it's a very difficult question from, from my perspective. And I, and I can imagine from, from UEFA and, and from Combell and, and from all those other organizations, I wonder how you would proceed with something like that. It's a good point. What, Ben, you want yeah. to take this? That's a, that's a good point. Um, I know there's, like you said, there's different ways they could restructure the remaining season. Um, let's say within the next month or a couple of months, 
if everything goes back to normal. I think they could do it different ways. I think because a few months away from the summer, I mean, if they want everything to go back to normal, I think the best thing would be, like you mentioned, like some sort of elimination round. Uh, in some leagues, like the Premier League, Liverpool had such a big gap. Um, there's some news reports were saying they may just give Liverpool the title, which in my opinion wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it depends on the mathematical uh, standpoint to see if, if even if they lost the rest of the games of the season, would they still have won it type of thing. The Champions League, I think some sort of maybe elimination round, or maybe instead of two legs, they just play one game each to determine a winner so that they can start again in the fall, back to uh, business as usual. Uh, but then that could affect preseason, Euros coming up. Yeah, the so Euros really being moved to next year, actually. I think oh, yeah, it's confirmed. Yeah. The Euros being moved to next year. But to your point of the Champions League, it's interesting because you have some first leg that have already been played. Yeah, exactly. So how do you manage the second round? Does that mean, you know, do you give some credit for... I'm a Paris fan, so of course i got to jump on that. Paris fan, right? Paris is good. So you think about a team like Grid. Yeah. That lost the first game. Right now, it's unfair for Man City if the next game it's one direct elimination game and you play in a, how do you call it, in a neutral stadium, sorry. So it's unfair for them at home anymore. Right. Right. I mean, even though they don't play in front of a fan. But should we say, okay, sorry, Madrid, because you lost the first game, you're still playing the second game anyway. Right. And. Whoever wins that game, go to the next round, or we just resume from the second game of the next of the uh, sixteen rounds. We get that yeah. finish first, and then from the yeah. quarterfinal, then there we start playing a one elimination. Game. I agree with that. Yeah, we get the second <laughs> games done, and then after that, just one game each to the final, and that's it. I think that sounds good because. If you do something like that, you can finish it up, and then at that point, you know, you talk about Madrid, you talk about Paris, like every other, every team can feel that they've had that, that proper opportunity to where it's like, yeah. okay, we've we've played the game and we didn't go and get. It wasn't like, oh, we had to go and play in a neutral setting and we didn't get our opportunity to play at home. But then after that, I agree with you, Ben. I would I would say one game elimination and try to just pick a neutral setting or something like that. And I feel like that would be the best opportunity because, and then even after that, if it was me, I would personally say one game, elimination, and then even for the league, I would say you play like five more games and that's it. Because the thing is like, you look at Liverpool, right? Liverpool's already it, it, they've already secured the league. But then you look at, say, Madrid and Barcelona, and then you look at, okay, you have Leipzig, Dortmund, and Bayern all competing. Then you can even say you have Inter, Lazio, and Juventus all competing. So it's like with leagues like that, there's competition. So you have to ask yourself, well, with these, maybe, maybe five games or six or whatever would be sufficient. Because I, I do wonder, do you feel like if you're doing something like that, could you then do transfers during the season if you're saying that the season is going on in what's typically transfer window? You know, you're looking at, say, it's June, July, and August. Do I say I, I continue with transfers throughout? I, I don't know. It's To me, I'm not sure, personally. 
there are a lot of factors. It's right, so many factors because realistically, right now we don't even know when the season can pick up again. So let's say, by all means, uh, mid April. Yeah, I think April right. Yeah, yep. Thinking more, April 15 to 20 is when they're gonna they might resume the season, right? So after things have calmed down, and with the drastic. Unfortunate death and uh, the situation that is so uh, harsh in Italy, even in countries that are very impacted, like Italy right now. Can we even say that April 20th is good enough, right? So let's just assume for all aspects. Yeah, now uh, I can push maybe for April 20th for certain leagues, right? So if we do that, uh, it's about a month from today. The team can start again. I agree. Maybe five games. I don't know how many games are left from each league. I think about maybe probably ten. Probably ten. Maybe you know five to ten games. But what? How can this get played? Right. So if we do the same, they play every week. Number one, we should cancel also all all uh, countries' game. Like if there's any national. Games are still happening, or friendly games. Those yeah. definitely cancel, right? Number one. So then that gives the team the chance to every team to play every three days. You know, you play the Champions League in the middle. Or you pick maybe May first. You play the rest of the Champions League games, right? Get that done. Then you play. You resume the leagues from April 20th, wherever you're home. Maybe playing every week because you don't want to put so much intense time on players' body as well, because you're just coming back, it's kind of weird, you're not really training, you're training at home, so it's, your physical condition is not at the best. So playing every three games might be harsh on them, so I think start easy and it played every week at the beginning for the first, hopefully, three weeks, right, and then sometimes first week of May, you start playing three games, because you're back into the rhythm. So they play three games, one uh, every weekend and one in the middle. So if you do that, that gives you at least eight good games before the end of May, right? So in June, you start playing the quarterfinals of the of the Champions League, where you play that like a cup, right? You set them all together because I heard we were talking about that. So you put all the teams together, put them in the neutral countries, and they play all the games. Direct elimination. You know, it could be direct elimination. I think that would be the, that would make more sense for me. You know, Paris play against I don't know, like whoever the qualified, uh, like Leipzig for example, and whoever win go to the semi-final. Yeah. And, and you play all that during the weekend. Yeah. Or one week, however uh, how long it's gonna take, right? So they're done. So you do that by June 15. You know, got crowned in in the Champions League as well. So at the same time, you can open the transfer season by the first by June first. You know, even though the players are playing, but it's it's it's, it's you gotta make a close house so that if the players got injured, because you have the chance of the player get injured, he can keep his contract with the team he's working for for like at least another two years. Pull out without the risk of 
getting injured and knowing that, okay, I won't be able to transfer and I can get cut up at any time, right? If my contract is ending at the end of next year, my value on the market is going to go down. But if I get a guarantee from the team, I'm playing, but you keep me for two years regardless of what happened, or extend my contract by one year, uh, so then it's, I think it will be beneficial for both. You're not going to get, um, you know, as you say, you, you get some security, and I, I think that's the best you can do and really hope for is to say, I'm going to have a single elimination because one question I have really for y'all is how do you feel when you see something like, you know, you talk about Paris, right? Paris and Liverpool have really all but secured their their championships. So how do you feel? Like, what would be your approach going, say, like for me, obviously, for those that know me, I'm a Madrid fan. As a Madrid fan or, say, as a, a Lazio fan or you know, a Dortmund fan, it's I, it's a very difficult composure because you look at that component and, you know, if you're going to resume, you're resuming and you're fighting for the league and still, you know, technically you're thinking about, uh, with Madrid at least, Champions League and, and some of these other clubs. I do wonder if, if the priority changes. I, I'm wondering if you return if the priority is going to be balanced or is it going to be all is based on one kind of almost like an all or nothing type of thing where as a Madrid or a Barcelona fan, what are you going to be thinking about? Are you thinking only league or am I thinking I can do both? Like, you know, you talk about Paris or you talk about really with Paris, Paris could be focusing on both because Liverpool was already eliminated from Champions League. So Liverpool, I, I wonder what they're thinking when they come back, because it would be like, well, the league's all but secured. And I wonder if Premier League would even return, or if Premier League would say, well, what's left to play? You know, the top four has basically been solidified, but it's, it's a question of, is one club going to go and control and dictate, you know, the fate of the whole league? I, I personally highly doubt that. I think that, I think all leagues would resume but as we talked about, like, at an abridged schedule, it would be, okay, maybe we're only playing five games. And I personally think what you guys said about just a single elimination, I think that's going to be the best because I think that's the solution that can appease the most people. As the fans, I think we can agree, while not perfect, it, it does present us at least with something that we can feel comfortable with. Yeah, there's about, I think, nine to eight games left in any any uh, any leagues, right? So, I mean, Liverpool, to be honest, I think they, they have secured the league right now. They have 25 more points over um, Manchester City, but a second. So, I mean, Liverpool have secured the league. So as far as the champion, I think everyone will be okay to give it to Liverpool. Uh, I don't see any other team battling. Because, I mean, Manchester City can technically come back. Right? Yeah. In over game, right? So, uh, I mean, actually, yeah, I think they... I don't know how many leagues. I think, we, yeah, they need to lead, win over game. I mean, not the top three, but from the second position to the sixth, uh, there's still rooms there for anyone to... Yeah. Because Wolverhampton is only five points away from Chelsea. 
Yeah, and, and Sheffield United's had a hell of a season. And, you know, I'm looking. Does this does this benefit, though, certain clubs when you look at it to like so say for you, Ben, do you do you feel like as say I'm a club like um, like Sheffield United or I'm a club like Leipzig, does that extra rest, you think, does that benefit, you know, you as as say, you know, say you were in the second position or, or third or say you were leading at the time? Does that change the momentum going forward to say, you know, maybe you have to prioritize, you know, Champions League or Europa League and then balancing the league? How, how do you think that balances out? I think it does help with the rest aspect. Because, like, even with Madrid, I could tell they were getting exhausted after the Barcelona win. Then they, they lost their next league game. Yeah. And everyone was just looking flat, and I just knew <laughs> they needed rest or something. So, I think it benefits teams in the Champions League, top teams in Spain, England, Italy. Um, and then a lot of these players were also playing some World Cup qualifiers as well, so it definitely does help. The lower team, I don't think as much, because, like, well, I know in England they play uh, a FA Cup, and then they also play the English Cup. So the FA Cup is done though, right? Or not yet. I'm not sure if it I was. Thought Man City won the FA Cup, or maybe they were. Oh, it's the English Cup. Yeah, but I think it's for more top teams. I would say it does benefit them. But like Harry said earlier, now it's been what a couple of weeks already. Yeah, it's like two weeks or so. If it goes on for another like month or so, it would be detrimental, I think, to the players. Um, uh, fitness, match fitness. It'll take them a while to get back into it. But then again, I I guess I'm trying to also think of it like like the summer break. You know, they get at least what a month or two off, and then they start preseason. So I think they can kind of take this time away from, or when when everything comes back to normal, they can have a shorter summer break because they kind of took half of it during this Corona season. And yeah. Business as usual at that point. Um, but I was looking here uh, on a, a, a quick article regarding Liverpool. Apparently, by uh, they had one more game versus Everton on March 16th that they were about to play, and that was going to determine if they won the title. So yeah. they had one game left, <laughs> and then everything got shut down. So, <laughs> so Manchester City's going to be going like, okay, here's our time to shine. Let's let's win ten straight. <laughs> let's win ten straight games. Exactly, which is possible. It's unlikely, but it is possible. But, but then Liverpool would have so to lose all their next <laughs> games, so which is yeah. Norwich, it's your time to shine. Possible. <laughs> as long as there's a possibility, I guess other teams may say it's unfair. So they may have to just let them maybe play those games out or play half of them to determine a winner. I'm. Uh, I mean, to me, it's. First of all, every, everything you said as, as far as regarding, you know, rest, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I'd rather say, look, if you're going to return, we're going to go straight. We're going to go from, you know, say it's June on, we're going to start going straight. And even, and even in general, I think the only question is certain leagues like, say, Germany, Italy, and Spain, okay, the championship has yet to be decided. 
But in other leagues, I, I guess my question is, even relegation, I'm thinking about this, like, do yeah. you, do you, I mean, every position. Do you put a you league have, goal? You have your European League seat, Champions League seat, yeah. and then you have relegation. So you have a lot of, everything matters right Yeah, and because of that, I think, honestly, and I know it'll be hard, but I think they should let the league just play out the rest of the not have gotten the chance they could have gotten to get to a better position by the end of the season. Yeah. And only Bills play like five more games. So I think they should cut the Champions League from two legs to just elimination round and then the leagues continue the games and then maybe they figure something out after that. Yeah. yeah. The boss season should start in September. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. It will be a stretch on the players, but sad to say that maybe next year they need to cancel one of the Caps games. Maybe not the two, but at least one. And it will make sense it's the League Cups and not the FA Cups in the UK or the French Cup in France, because those includes all the lower divisions as well. So it give a chance to every smaller teams to play against the bigger dogs. So that's, that's great. I think we all love those competitions. But uh, they need to reduce the League Cups in order to reduce next year leagues right because you have the euros coming the uh, america as well uh, playing all next year so you want to make sure you reduce the leagues as much as possible and also you remember what's the name of the new league that got created by the Euro uh, the, the nation's league the nation's league the nation's league that's the one i was looking for i think the Nations League, to be honest, need to be canceled yeah, next year. Some of these, yeah. You know, just to make sure if the team get a chance to play the yeah. World Cup qualifiers, uh, the friendly game from the Euro, the Copa America, the Nations League. And I think the African Cup of Nations League is next year as well. Yeah. You guys, you guys have a busy, busy period coming up. Yeah, so there are a lot of You know what, though? So you want to give them the chance to rest during the season, so not playing that many games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and there's even a league. Uh, Madrid just won some cup. They played Barcelona, Atletico. That was the Super Cup. Yeah. The Super Cup should go, though, at, even at that point. If changed the, the, the format of the Super Cup now when they include the finalists of the, I mean, the second, the, 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 the second position of the league, which is Madrid last year, and the team that went in final in the, in the Copa del Rey, the two teams that went in final in the Copa del Rey. So, so that is the four teams. And they play a mini tournament to determine the winner. Uh, Instead of playing the winner of La Liga, because the winner of the Copa del Rey, they changed that just to get more fans. Yeah, such things they should just not do next season. Yeah, just make it simple next season. I personally agree. I, I, I think that the future of this, and when I look at it all now, this is going to lead to a simplification of 
of the league. And what I what I really agree with, and I all you guys had said about you know, kind of canceling certain leagues. I think that's for the best because I think that we should see a more simplified version to where we don't need the Nations League, we don't really need the Super Cup, we don't need twenty different league. You know, total you got two league cups basically per league, right? We don't yes. we don't need that. I think I think we should see a more simplified version and going forward, everything else is cool to remain the same if we're gonna say Champions League, fine. Obviously that will never touch. You know, you have one league cup, cool. But I I think we need a simplification because you know, you're looking at it and even as is, right? There had been complaints about about things like, say, with for the Premier League, for example, right? You know, the Premier League had a very condensed schedule, and I'm looking at other things, and I'm like, I think it's for the best if we if we slow things down, eliminate that, and try to get to where it's put at a more even balance. I think things like the Super Cup or the Nations Cup, all these types of things. I think the reason that they were created was that there was such a need for football. And right now, when we have this gap and we don't have football, it makes us remember, like, how how much we appreciate it. Because, I, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I was watching highlights the other day of this season from Madrid. And I had I had talked to you, Harris, and I had, you know, um, I had vouched the idea of, of doing this podcast. And kind of reconvening and I was like yeah I, I really miss football you know to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm even thinking about the Super Cup and I, I think in all honesty I think going forward our best bet is to say we slow down condense the league and make it easier because even right now you know you just mentioned Copa America it's, it's basically been happening every two years and even you know, this year with Euro, even that was a lot to ask for. Like, imagine being you went and you won the league or you just finished playing in Champions League and then you didn't even have any break. So that's another thing that would affect even the ensuing season is to look at you've played basically year round. So in, in that aspect, I don't think that everything that's happened is necessarily a detriment. It's a detriment in the fact that we're not able to watch the games now, but I think we'll have more games going forward, and I think we'll see a change in the approach to football. I think people are going to come back and appreciate the game at a level they never were able to before. Yes, no, I, I totally agree. I, uh, I totally agree to that. And I think your point earlier, I don't know if there's more Football. I think there's more demand from the media to yeah. share. Yeah, definitely. So they can get more money. Like that's more, that's more the, the main reason to, to have all these games. So that uh, you know, the media can, can share more games on TV as well, right? But as you said, we don't really care about all these games. It's good for us as fans because, you know, we, we what's going on when you have a lot of uh, offers lives right so we make our time fit to be able to watch all these games but i actually never watched any of the the nation's leagues game last year 
And they beat Peru. Yeah, they beat and uh, they they had beaten Peru and. And then there was all this animosity, and I'm thinking about it. 
And uh, man, they've really confused it because even going, and in the past, you know, we used to, and even, um, didn't, didn't they do that with um, the African Cup of Nations as well? Or has that been consistent? Because they it's had... been consistent. They changed it one time because players have been complaining to, to play during the year and the season, right? So okay. They moved in during the summer. So in order to make things work out, what they did is they changed it from odd year to even, no, from uh, even year to odd year, played back to back. So that Always every two years. Yeah. But they're playing during the even year. But they're playing even years and in January. So it happened that the year of the World Cup 2016. Yeah. They were supposed to play in January of 2016 or February and then play the World Cup again in July. So it doesn't make any sense because those players were playing too much, right? So they play, they play, they play the regular league, they go play the African Cup of Nations, they come back to the regular league, and then they have the World Cup to play. Yeah. So they move it to odd year, and now they're playing during the summer. Okay. So they made that transition in 2017, I think. So in 17, they play during uh, the summertime, right? But now it's going every two years. Okay. They're playing every two years now. That made sense to me because I, I remember seeing it. And it, one thing I've always wondered from you guys' perspective is, had this always been for y'all an important event, looking at the Cup of Nations? Or did you guys think, did you focus more on, on that? Or did you guys think about more like the World Cup? I know Harris, you know, with Togo, have, did you guys think it was more attainable to compete in Cup of Nations, or, or or did you look more at the World Cup? Because I, I'm just trying to think about it. Like I've I've seen traditionally, I know, like uh, Nigeria had performed well. Cameroon, I think, have won like I want to say Cameroon's won like the last couple, and Egypt performed really well as well. Yeah. So two different things, right? So. I mean, one is the African Cup of Nations and one is the World Cup. So both has their own uh, needs, right? So because before, in order to qualify for the World Cup, your performance was based on your continent World Cup. That's why every your continent cup. So that's why every continent has a nation cup. And in terms of as far as the effervescence uh, it brings to us as fans it brings as much effervescence as you bring to the World Cup, and maybe even more, because in the World Cup, you only have two countries. Uh, you only have five African countries, where you have 52 countries in Africa, so 53 countries in Africa. So uh, only five of those, not even 10%, uh, goes to the World Cup. So you have to see that all, most of the fans weren't able to see their countries in the World Cup. So... They watch the World Cup because they were soccer fans. We don't watch the World Cup because of country performing there. Exactly. I I remember I had um. Uh, I had talked to a couple friends of mine. I have one of my friends is, he's from Angola, but he lives in Portugal. It's, and then the other friend of mine, he's from Congo, and then an, another one is from Mozambique, and the three of them told me the same thing. They had mentioned last year that they, the reason they liked the African Cup of Nations is they felt that it was more attainable, particularly with, 
with my friends from Congo because they said, look, there's a chance, and a lot of times we're probably not going to qualify for the World Cup. But say from your perspective with Togo, it's the same thing. It's like, look, we have an opportunity to go and win and, and compete in African Cup of Nations and potentially win. Versus you look at the World Cup, it's... I'm not going to say it's a disadvantage, but it's it's certainly much more difficult to be competing against France, Germany, Spain, oh, Brazil, Argentina. You know, it's 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 a, it's a lot more difficult than say going up against 53 nations. Um, now it's not 53. I want to say it's about 24 that qualify, um, if I'm not mistaken. And and I think I am, but you know it's a it's a lot easier to compete, and I I think it's actually kind of more zealous too. It's like it's yeah. the same reason we get excited for Euros, the same reason we get excited for Copa America, because we're seeing the best of one continent compete, and also and yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's different. It's it's different audience and different. Uh, end goals, right? You want to see the best of the continent win. So, and from there, you see the best of those continents play in the World Cup. So it's two different things. So it's hard to compare because it's not. It's not like I'm expecting Togo to beat France, or I believe Togo has less chances to beat France or any other country. Is because Togo got to make it to the World Cup first. So that's that's <laughs> the first even concern, right? And before that, you need to beat all the best African teams. Because uh, we play with the, we, we play with them in the qualifiers. That's why you have qualifiers by region. So you pick the best of each continent to play at the World Cup stage. So that's kind of how it is. It's not about thinking you have better bets against Nigeria versus against France. Of course, you have the bigger powers, right? France, Brazil, Germany. But you play those guys, but you also play against some weaker team in the World Cup. And I think Togo has better chance to beat not to offend any other countries here. Togo has better to beat New Zealand, to compete against New Zealand, but to compete against Brazil, right? So, so if you, or even, to, sorry, or to compete against Nigeria, right? So if you put me in the World Cup against New Zealand, who would definitely be in my group, in Togo group, or Trinidad right. and Tobago, or countries that are not known to have a soccer team, but those, each of those teams has actually qualified for the World Cup, so I'm just putting those in parentheses. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, pretty, the level of each continent and each countries are getting pretty good in, in soccer, right? But Togo has better odds maybe to play against these teams against Cameroon or Nigeria, Ivory Coast, which has, who has a lot of top players playing in top leagues, right? So... So it's just two different contexts. And you have the, the continent cup and then you have your the World Cup, right? And for your continent cup you gotta beat you gotta make sure you're top of the you're part of the top twenty four before you can make it there, right? So yeah. yeah. It's two different contexts. So yeah. both for both I have a lot of excitement. To be honest, I love the World Cup because I can see the country from all the world played. The world, yeah. That's the excitement I get from the World Cup. And to decide who's the best in the world. That's what it's all about, right? So, uh, 
and the African Cup of Nation, I love it too. I just want to see who's the best in my continent. Yeah. But I watch everything. I watch Copa America. I want to see who's the best in America. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. who's the best in Euro. That's why, you know, I watch. Even I watch the. It's not market as much, but even the Asia Oceania Cup, it's great because you usually play against <laughs> the best of. Oh. Yeah, Japan oh, usually wins. China wins. For sure, I'd say you go tough as well. But it's because it's not market. Mediatized. Yeah, if they promote it as well, you know. Watch it. I'm sure a lot of people in the U.S. never watch African Cup. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. The broadcast here as well. So. A quick trivia question. Who else guessed what country has won the most African Cup of Nations? I'm, uh, I'm going to say Egypt. I'll say... No, I'm going to say Cameroon. Cameroon, sorry. Yeah, okay. I'll say... Hmm. Congo. Congo? Yeah. Or D.C.? Oh, okay. Uh, the answer actually is Egypt. Egypt. Nice. Oh! <laughs> Cameroon is stuck in that fire. So, so I'm just looking it up. Nice. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah, what? Egypt won too many back-to-back games. Yeah. That's why. How much Congo has? Congo only has two. Yeah, back in 68. Yeah, that's why I picked them, because I knew they won a lot back in the days, but I don't know how many. <laughs> 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 that's... That's the problem, though, is they had, when you looked at it unified, it was like, yeah, they're going to win a lot. Like, and, and even Egypt, I, I, even then, though, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised, though. I'm a little yeah, perplexed. I, I would have guessed Cameroon also. Yeah, they won a lot back then. Like, like, like the 2006, 2008, yeah. and 2010. I mean, that was a, and the funny yeah. thing is, they were not making it to the World Cup. Yeah, they. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like, then they finally made it and they bombed. You know, they did, did horrible. You know what? Um, what? Ha- why did they do bad? And then, what happens with Nigeria? Why does Nigeria do poorly every single time those clubs are in it? I look at freaking Nigeria and, and Cameroon bombed it a lot too. Like you said, I don't. I mean, they have. That, 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 that's why, to be honest, ask me frankly. When, when I'm watching the World Cup. I'm not that excited about African countries <laughs> I, because you always they don't meet my expectations. You're always bombed. Always bombed. I cheer for them and I'm like happy. And then the last game, yeah. where like they do some miscalculation in between, and then the last game where they lose maybe one point to win, they will lose that game. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes you play against, as I said, quotation mark. Lower tired team, but who say that they're not as strong as the other. And you see them lose. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, how many times Nigeria lost against Argentina? How many times? Yeah, Can't yeah. even count. Can't even count. <laughs> if you watch the games, yeah. to be honest, those games are very close. Like the last yeah. one they played at the last World Cup in Brazil. Oh, dude. Dude. Nigeria was supposed to win that game. You have no idea. I, I'm going to... Igbalo. Igbalo played for Manchester United. Yes. Oh, my God, man. I was... Uh, you got to be I was... I was in... Uh, I, I remember that game, Harris. I was in Toronto, and I was watching that game, and I was rooting for Nigeria. I was like, oh, yeah, you already know. I was. I told my mom, I was like, 
mom, like dad, like I told everybody, I was like, that, yeah, Nigeria's gonna win this game. I'm like, I can feel it. And I'm watching it. And they blew it, dude. And Igalo, bro, they had Igalo, they had Ndidi, they had everybody. Like, there's something about them with every African club, they they just joke. It's like, it's like, it's like Michael, say you're Michael Jordan, right? And remember game six when he plays the jazz and he hits a shot? They're like that, but they miss the shot every time. And it's like, you get all excited and they just blew it. And I was like, I, I didn't even know what was Marcus, happening. Marcus Bruno scored that goal at the, uh, at the 86 minute. Yep. Again, like that, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Even that goal, it was... It was suspect. Was a weird goal, man. Like, like by chances, you know. So, and it's because the wheel, well, they had a strong wheel and Nigeria, Nigeria did not take their chances. You know, that, that's it. Nigeria had a lot of chances in that game, man. You're, like, playing really well. And it, it was frustrating, you know. It's because some of the team, again, are not confident they can win it. So that's uh, uh, that's unfortunate. They, they don't believe it until they still see the, the bigger team as a bigger team. So when you go with that context, you have a complex for inferiority when you go there. Yep. But you see a team like New Zealand, you know, I called New Zealand out last time, but New Zealand, when you're going to the World Cup, you're really playing right now. Like, everyone is scared. You know, I remember the 2016 World Cup in F14 uh, in Brazil. They did really well. Even though they didn't qualify for the next round, they did really well. I was surprised. Same thing for Australia, right? Those teams have been, yep. been really playing very well. Yeah. Ireland and Northern Ireland qualified a, yeah, at a Euro. Yep. And remember Wales too. Wales had done. Well, they all went to the next. The Wales even went to the quarterfinal, if I recall, semi-final, sixteen. Yep. You, you know what it's like. I, I think. Um, I think Africa. Um, pardon to interject, uh, gentlemen, but I. I feel like African clubs, are how Mexico performs, in, in the sense that like. It's, it's like you said, Harris, it's a sense of an inferiority complex where it's like you see clubs like I remember seeing Peru, actually, at, at the past World Cup. Peru and Denmark performed well. I mean, I remember only Denmark had advanced, but I looked at it and it's it's like, why do you see that big nations underperform when, in all honesty, they have the resources and the talent to succeed? It was it's a type of thing where um it's, it's like you said, Harris, it's an inferiority complex. I think it's a belief that, oh, well, we're playing against Argentina or France or, you know, England or Brazil. Like, so therefore we can't, there's no chance we're going to win. We're going to, we might as well just capitulate. You know, it's, we're going to give in because we're playing a team that's obviously superior to us. Yeah, or, I mean... Yeah, they don't take their chance fully. Uh, that's yeah. that's mostly what it is, right? So they they don't take their chance fully, and mentally it blocks you. If if you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not taking your chance fully, you're not believing in yourself truly. You can say whatever you want. When you go and you start having and you go with a little doubt, it affects you. And the other guys are just playing with you know they come with a history behind them, so. 
even if you're not performing as well as you used to, they find a way to win because they have that history that carry them forward. So that's that's a big difference. So, and also the preparation, I'll question the preparation of some of the African teams. I don't know how much they get prepared. There's always always those those issue coming from uh, on the financial side as well, where the government, not the, the, the federation, the football federation of that country, maybe hasn't paid the players uh, what the players wanted. Yep. There's always those issue that comes, and it doesn't leave you in a mentally state that helps you get fully prepared and fully focused on on the game when you're thinking about. You guys need to pay me my money, right? So they need to fix that. There are a lot of things that they need to get worked on and fixed so that the players can come in the best condition, number one, to focus on the game. And the player as well need to finally realize that, guys, we're preparing off of this. We're all playing in big leagues. Let's work together and beat any team. We're not. We, we're coming here to win. We're not here to make a draw against you know, Nigeria, yeah. I mean, uh, Argentina or anything, or just trying to lose as, as less points, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 I remember that. Those guys came to win. They came to win. And even in the quarterfinals, they lost. Was hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was hot. Yeah, Asam, Asam, Kur, you know, everyone. And 2010, in South Africa, how Ghana played. Yep. I remember when uh, when they yeah. played in 2010, and in 2014, I had a, a friend of mine, he was Ghanaian, and... Um, uh, they they should have. They no, honestly, they really should have. And you know what though? That the weird thing about it is Ghana's the only clue. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well. I like, I like Ghana. So so Ghana, uh, Senegal, and Cameroon are finally the only three that have gone the farthest to quarterfinals in that from Africa. What about Nigeria? We made, never made it? No. To the quarterfinal? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's only three teams. Okay. So, yeah, as you see... Uh, Although Nigeria at one point was ranked fifth, in, like in the early 90s. Yeah, because oh, they, won the, they won the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have all those stars with Manko Kanu, Karibo West, Ajiti Okosha, Abokashi. Those guys beat me. That's why they used to beat me. They were good, man. They were like magic figures. So, well, we beat those sides. We beat those sides. My friends, yeah. we're about to make a segment of African legends for. But we'll have to save this one for the next episode. Absolutely. So, my friends, Ben Harris, I thank you for joining us on today's episode. And to the audience, we would like to go and appreciate you for, you know, listening to our our first episode. And also, Harris, Ben, I must appreciate you for giving us a history lesson on on African football, something that something that the world has not had. We have not known 
the things that we have, that people do not understand the legacy that is African football. And for that, I appreciate you. And my- Thank you, Patrick. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's just saying thank you, my gentleman, for, for providing this information because this, some of this information was, a lot of this was things I didn't know. This is a, a football history lesson. Football history 101. <laughs> hey, it's, it's all best to educate the world about African uh, uh, football history. There are a lot of amazing players that play there. And, uh, you know, they're still playing all around the world. Like we had Drogba that played in Arizona recently. I can't believe that. You, I can't believe you saw that. And, uh, yeah. Took the team to the final of the... The, the second division of the, of the, the USL championship. Woohoo! Yeah, it was stuff. Big shout out to them, by the way. It's an excellent team, but I cannot wait to see them in the MLS. So, uh, no, Patrick, thank you very much again. Always a pleasure to catch it up with you and bring this uh, house soccer discussion, football discussion, back as we did five years ago with the 91st minute. Uh, to all of our audience, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the call to listen to us if you have any comment or any um, subject you want to you want us to discuss feel free to uh, to send it us to us and uh, we'll love to to jab, to jab on it and we'll love to have you on the call too sometime yeah. so you can all chat and uh, learn more about more soccer history that we're not familiar with you know like the, the Asian cups that I, I'm a little familiar with and the Oceania as well but I'd love to have people knows more to to join us in this discussion yeah yeah i agree uh, definitely good conversation we have to do uh these kinds of topics next time uh there was it was, a, it was fun time and yeah i'd love to do it again thanks for for having us on oh thank you thank you guys ben harris my friends we'll continue our discussion of of history of of culture of everything and Thank you for thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to many more sessions, and I look forward to seeing how how everything will play out. And Harris, as you already know, Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid. <laughs> thank you today, my friends, cheers, my gentlemen. Bye. Cheers. Fire, 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 fire.